Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. One hour down, but plenty to do. Still to come, Rod will have his first rant of the morning. We'll also talk to Eric Goodman of uh, Austin Chronicle. Covers the Austin FC. Their season begins this weekend. What is the uh, squad looking like? We'll preview it with, e- with Goodman at the bottom of the hour. Some bullish or BS as well. Also, Rod, I've got some more uh, of the highlights of Johnny Manziel sit down with Shannon Sharp and Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay. People act a fool in Club Shay Shay. Well, Johnny Manziel revealed more with Shannon Sharp than he did on that documentary thing he did. Hmm. He was more open with that deal than his yeah, own documentary. Was. I know. He's telling stories that we even have in documentary about $3 million paydays and stuff. I'm like, come on, man. That's what documentary what, what was, was the lame. documentary for? It was lame. Shannon Sharp getting it out of him. But it was good. There's one uh, part, uh, point, uh, part that was pretty poignant of him, you know, owning his behavior, owning his uh, letting players down, letting people down. No, I thought that was pretty good. We'll have that coming up hey, here this morning. Hey, he's, he seems to have had his man in the mirror moments. Sure. Um, got the help that he needed. You know, It's a good thing. Good it's for good him, thing. though. Everybody's got to battle the dark passenger. We all got one. We all got demons. We got to battle. Hey, some people would take him a long time. Some people figure it out pretty early. You know? Including his demons included as he was losing 40 pounds at one point in a short amount of time on a strict diet of blow. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Strict diet of blow. It's a hell of a drug. And it ain't cheap. It I've is never bought it's any, not but, uh, cheap. No, it's seems not. Seems like it wouldn't be a, an affordable thing for most people. No, if you got some, if you got some cheap cocaine, you got some bad cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and if you got good cocaine, you got some bread. You got some bread. Yeah, you got that. You got a cheap cocaine hookup there. Uh, yeah, you should rethink that. You should always re- wait. No, no, so just say no, kids. To all drugs, by the way. All right, just say they're no. not cool. Just say no. They'll ruin your life. Right, throw that out there. Be responsible. Yeah, when I was growing up, I learned that from my parents and Nancy Reagan. You know, yeah. Just say no. I remember just that. Just say no. Oh, yeah. And then Whitney came along. Crack yeah, is whack. Crack is whack. Crack is whack. Yeah. yeah Don't punch. do meth, by the way. That's Don't also bad. That's terrible. Very terrible. Uh, <laughs> but Fridays aren't terrible, especially when it's going to be 70 degrees and beautiful in Austin, Texas, all weekend long. With that in mind, can we give away our first uh, you know, opportunity for you to get out to the Dell Diamond. Oh, let's do it. First uh, first home uh, home action for the uh, Q, uh, Q2 Stadium this weekend. Uh, first baseball in a while at uh, Dell Diamond will be this weekend. It's the Round Rock Carbock Classic featuring Texas State, Washington State, Kansas, and Kentucky. Uh, baseball games Friday through Sunday. Uh, games all day if you would like to be our winner like of that. this hour's pair. How about the three-day passes? Uh, so getting on out there to the Dell Diamond today, tomorrow. We want to give away early in the show so you can get out there today if you wanted to. Uh, don't call if you can't go, please. That uh, would be a waste of a phone call, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, but if you would like on. to go out there, get in the sunshine and watch some baseball this weekend, oh, yeah. call her five. Actually, we'll do caller nine. Caller nine at 447-3776. They play nine innings in baseball. There you, know? you go. We play I like nine that. Innings, so I like we'll Caller nine at 447-3776. Caller man, Ty, you could be the winner. You will be the winner of our first uh, set of three-day passes for two to be out at the games at Dell Diamond this weekend. Thank you to our friends at Brown Distributing and Carbock and our friends at the Round Rock Express and the Dell Diamond uh, for providing those tickets. And uh, enjoy. Caller nine. At four four seven three seven seven six. Rod, before we get to your first rant of the morning, can we get uh, the headlines, top stories? Make sure everyone's caught up as they get up and out on a Friday. <laughs> top Gun Reynolds and Lonica will bring you the top news, and it starts with uh, Texas news. University of uh, Texas System Board of Regents yesterday 
Rubber stamped, approved, and approved the raise and contract extension for Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian, boosting his guaranteed salary to over $10 million annually. New deal now runs through 2030. Four-year extension makes Coach Sark one of the highest-paid coaches in the land after leading Texas to the Big 12 championship last season. Helped them, them into their first appearance in the college football playoff. Board of Regents also approved contract extensions for tight ends coach Jeff Banks, offensive coordinator Kyle Flood, and defensive coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski. Busy weekend for Texas Athletics. Tonight at UFCU Dishfalk Field, Longhorn Baseball opening their second series second series of the young season. Those Kyle Polly. Uh, first game set for 6.30 tonight, then 1.30 tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Sunday, all at the Dish. Second-ranked Texas softball team is off to a dominant 8-0 start to their season. They're going to host the Lone Star Invitational beginning today at McCombs Field. Doubleheaders today for the Longhorns tomorrow and a single game Sunday. The uh, other teams in action, you know, it's Colorado State. It is uh, the Stanford Cardinal, top 12 team in the country. They'll be in town as well, also Louisiana. College Hoops, Rodney Terry and his Longhorns make their final scheduled trip to the venerable Fog Allen Fieldhouse to face ninth-ranked Kansas tomorrow afternoon, 5 o'clock tip time. Fog not kind to Texas. Well, not kind to many people. Longhorns 2-17 and 17 all time in that historic uh, building. Game tips tomorrow afternoon, as we said, 5 o'clock. Fifth-ranked Texas women are in Orlando tomorrow at high noon to face Central Florida. NBA, back from its all-star break last night, including in Dallas, where the Mavericks made it seven consecutive wins. Picked up where they left off before the break. Luka Doncic scored 41, Kyrie Irving 29. Mavs beat Kevin Durant and the Suns 123-116, or 113. Houston got blown out in New Orleans. Spurs lost in Sacramento. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Oh, uh, yeah, the Mavs are getting hot. Told you guys, man. I think Luka, I think this is the year for Luka to win MVP. Um, it'll be another, uh, you know, obviously another player from outside the United States, born from outside the United States, showing that, once again, that international influence. But, you know, right now, uh, I mean, Luka, with the way the Mavs are trending, winning, what, seven now in a row, and he's still, I think the, he's leading the NBA in points per game right now. Um, and right now, like I said, they're playing some of the best basketball in the NBA. Uh, he's right now got him 10 games above 500. He's top three in assists, top seven in steals, second in the NBA in made threes. And, yeah, he's currently the uh, league leader in scoring. Uh, put some money on Luka for MVP, especially if they if they keep winning like this. I, I think it's his year. There's a little fatigue about Nikola Jokic. You probably could win. Yeah. And he's won two in a row. Uh, it's a little fatigue about him. Yeah, but you're going to to be the man, you got to beat the man, so he's going to have to outplay uh, Doncic down the stretch. That's and true. If he continues doing what he's doing. And you mentioned Shea Gilgis-Alexander from oh, Oklahoma yeah, City. And it's kind of like one of those things, whoever finishes as the one seed or top of the conference might sway the vote because they're all having great seasons. But Luka may, may just be having a season that is just that much better. He's got a 70-point game to his credit. He's got a 70-burger. Uh, he's got there. a 70-burger. He's got, mm-hmm. uh, you know – 41 last night. He's filling up the stat sheet. And he's got Kyrie Irving running with him now. They're both healthy and uh, playing better defense in Dallas. And, oh, yeah. you know, the important part is the wins. They've won seven in a row. They've climbed to the sixth seed in the West, uh, which, you know, when you first said that, they were down there at eight or nine. And they've, yeah. uh, uh, you're, they're climbing, which is what you want to be because they're, they're not going to give the MVP to someone in the back end that just barely ma- makes it into no. the, the, the well, play there, There's Probably like, like three or two to three games in between, like, the two seed yeah. and, and the eight seed at this point. The West sure, is very yeah, tight. It's muddled. So, point being, they he can keep climbing. They keep winning. They he'll, keep he'll winning pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And it, that's by the way, that seven game winning streak is Dallas's longest of the season. Mavs also had a seven game streak last seven game winning streak last season. But the last time Dallas had as much as an eight game winning streak, guys, twenty eleven. 
2010-2011 championship season when it had streaks of 8, 10, and 12. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That's wild. But that just lets you know, I mean, the Mavs are playing some good basketball. And P.J. Washington, he is, I mean, he's, he's averaging like 29 points, sorry, 29 minutes per game in the last four, in his four games with the Mavs. Uh, offensive rating, 119.7. Defensive rating, 95.8. Overall net rating is plus 23. Absurd. Yeah, absurd. Uh, absurd. Well, that's a great trade, right? Uh, great trade. To add a piece uh, before the deadline to get your uh, – that's really when the winning began. So props really to the Mavs. Is. They've come out of the All-Star break, of course, six days off. And um, keep pick up where they left off, beating Kevin, Dunn, Kevin Durant and the Suns. And Devin Booker had 35 in that game. And overtook him, too, I believe, in the, for a playoff spot. They yep, are, they did. Yeah. Well, they're even now. They're dead even. They're, okay. they're, they're the same identical record, Phoenix and Dallas, um, in the Western Conference. Oh, they, no. they got the hit. Are you right? sure about so, that? Uh, sorry, go time. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure Phoenix has a worse record. No, I think they're or they came in last night dead even. I, I mean, think the Mavs overtook, overtook them last night. That was the hope. That was the time. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I was wrong about that. Thank you. Yeah, they're both 33 and 23. Uh, on the year, uh, isn't, it, hit, hit. isn't it weird in the NBA how the All Star break is like two thirds through the season? Yeah, because they don't want to compete with the NFL. I mean, they push it into February for that very reason oh, to avoid. That makes sense. <laughs> they want to, and that's why we talked a lot this week about the All Star game being a dud, and that's why Adam Silver was so upset. You know, you get a standalone weekend where you know sports fans are looking for something to replace their football, and the, the NBA should be it. And there were some moments, but overall, the All Star weekend really didn't deliver, right? It was, no. uh, it was a, a bit of a uh, pretty, pretty lame. Uh, and that's why Adam Silver's frustrated because it's, hey, guys, this is our – we're going to get center stage here. Let's take it. Let's have a great game. Let's have the world's greatest pickup game with the world's greatest players, and let's play hard. Oh, no, no, no. We don't get that uh, because uh, – Yeah, now you're right about that. I mean, that, they got a problem. They know it. Uh, it's pretty obvious now that nobody cares about the NBA All-Star game, including, including the players. Well, and that, that's a problem for the players. That's the entitlement part that people are kind of running away from right now as far as fans go. Uh, appreciate the fans, whether you're showing up buying tickets and they're not playing games as far as the load management or uh, not giving a damn about an all-star game. It, you, you could say it doesn't matter. It's an exhibition game. These guys are highly paid athletes, and they're not well, – but the fans care. The fans have shown you they'll watch the all-star game if you play hard. Um, so treat the fans right, and that's what pays the big salaries, big picture. That's true. I, I will say that it's, it's not a problem that's exclusive to – Obviously, the NBA, we've seen every league struggle to try to promote their All-Star games. We just may be living in an era where the players just pay way too much damn money for All-Star games. They just don't care because it just doesn't matter for them and how you're going to incentivize them to play an All-Star game when they make their big money to perform in, in the regular season, not for these exhibitions. And we just may be in an era where in football players, that's different issues too, but it's also the money, NBA Guys, not making. They don't care. You know, I mean, they understand. They're making way too much money to get hurt or to, you know, to obviously injure themselves in an all-star exhibition competition. And you know, I think baseball is the same thing. Well, I think the, it's all the same thing. The all-star game of baseball is competitive. I mean, they 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 go full bore. And that's look. I mean, no one's asking them to go out there and you know play playoff energy. But they had to and, tweak it for that. Remember what? the baseball game. I mean, the Major League Baseball All-Star game. They had to change the rules of it. Well, that's because they ended. In a, that's because they went to extra innings and they ended in a tie, and the commissioner was furious. Uh, well, you, you, know, you should have you settled the game because uh, the players, because you know, managers did it because we're out of pitching, uh, so they changed the rules because. But they still wanted the win and the win to matter. That, they tweaked it to be more competitive to make sure that it ended in a winner. Uh, in that case, in baseball and the NBA, uh, look, I mean, is it too much to ask to have them play as hard as they would in a summer league game? In, when they're when they're prepping for the yeah, season because or? these those guys don't play in summer league. These are guys that are making the big money. They don't play in summer league games. 
Uh, I, These I, guys I, don't. They go to summer leagues, go to Vegas, and hang out. I know. Well, go to strip clubs. They don't. That's, they don't. That's what I'm saying. The money. That's what. That's why the money is the big issue here. And I don't know if you can change that. They don't care about those games because they're making so much money. Why would you care about that All Star game? There's because no you're reason. a competitor, and because I mean, Michael Jordan was making a lot of money when he was playing an All Star game. But these are different. It's a different era of players, which you uh, also talked about. Okay. Different I'm era of players, just, right? I, well, yeah. They don't. It, they don't. But, they don't. They don't see this. They don't see the uh, game. It's okay to criticize it, though. No, no, I agree with you. You criticize it, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm talking about how to change it, and I'm telling you, I don't know if you can ever change it. I don't know if it. There is a remedy for it. What's the remedy? Well, that's what Adam Silver's trying to figure out. Offer the winning think, team like five million dollars <laughs> per player. That's the only way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's got to be something absurd like that, which that's not going to happen. Because even like a mil- even if it was like a million, I feel like half those guys would be like, ah, they don't care. Know, yeah, they spend that at strip clubs. Like they, <laughs> that stuff doesn't it doesn't matter to them. So, um, so I agree. No, the criticism is fair and and it's valid. I'm just saying, what's the remedy? What's the how do you solve the problem? Uh, and know. I don't know if you, I don't know if there's a way to solve the problem because the money is just too great. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, it's all a, right, it's just a change. It's just different, new era. <laughs> But the point being, if you continue this way, you could kill the golden goose. You really can't. I mean, it no, the golden goose will die if they continue like this because they play like this in the regular season. Yes, that's exactly it's, right. This is, because this, the, is, this is a microcosm of the well, regular it, season. This exactly. extends all the way yeah. to like USA basketball, too. Think about how many guys have opted out in the past few years of participating in the You're Olympics. Right. And, that's a great USA. point. Totally agree. Same thing. Totally yeah. agree. I don't disagree with that. Uh, you know, because look, the Longhorns are going to play at Kansas tomorrow, right? That's the that's where basketball was born. Uh, James Naismith, the court's named after James Naismith. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sport was was born in this country, created in this country. Yeah. And it's almost like the American. You know, a lot of the NBA players are ceding it, to, you know, to the world at this point. You should want to play for your country, right? You should want to play for your sport and Agreed. play for fans and show up to, for the ticket buying public and play in games. It's not total criticism, but at the same time, if the commissioner's complaining about it, I'm okay to complain about no, it. No, and no, try no. To find a remedy. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying nobody has come up with a solution because I don't know if there is one. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're saying that this just this day's player. I'm saying, well, someone needs to talk these players into caring about the game. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, that goes back to an AAU culture. Uh, oh, gosh. These guys are all collaborative, and now they're friends now, and there is no really competitive sickness out there anymore. That's a, that's a real deal. So I'm saying I think it's such a deep issue that I don't know if there is just a superficial topical remedy to try to figure it out. Like I think you got I think this is something that is going to have to take a decade plus to di- to dive into because the whole generation of players need to change over. No, no. Right? You got to address this at the at the lower level. Right. You got to get these guys when they they're in like in high school and try to like, hey man, let's let's have a different mindset, guys, about when we compete. <laughs> and it's and how true. we compete. It's, it's a tie's point of uh, Team USA and the regular season game. Yeah. It's like, look, you can't just play in the postseason, guys. You can't just play. <laughs> that can't be the deal. It just yeah. really can't. Your sport's not going to survive. It really will not. Yeah, because football has a different mentality. Your right? sport you, will survive, but your league won't survive. Like football's, the football mentality is you play hurt. And the NBA mentality is uh, we actually load we load manage. And the NBA, NFL, they got to gotta keep guys off the field who are trying to get on the field to hurt, to hurt themselves even more, further injure themselves because, no, I need this check and I got to play because I don't play, I get cut because that's the culture. That's the culture is like, nah, man, you can't make the club in the tub, right, B? You missed too many games, you're a jabroni, you out. We're going to find another one. And the NBA didn't have that culture. Like they got guys at the end of their bench yeah. making tons of money because they trade contracts for that reason they trade money for that reason okay. it's just a different culture and i don't know if you like i said you can solve that problem with just you know a great idea or a great concept in one one or two oh, seasons. sure uh, but adam yeah. silver is trying he's uh, trying 
uh, the commissioner. Well, he paid the you big bucks. All right, let's get Rod's first rant of a Friday. That was a pretty good rant right that there from rant. both sides. Yeah. But uh, Eric Goodman, bottom of the hour for you Austin FC fans. Get a preview of what's to come in the fourth year of the Austin FC here in the capital city. First, though, Rod's got a rant. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done real. it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, a couple of things here. The rich get richer. Did you hear that the Kansas City Chiefs signed that punter, uh, Matt Areza? Riser, yeah. He's a sixth-round pick in 2022. Remember, he was out of football last year because of the – there were some allegations of sexual misconduct, stuff like that, um, in his past, and there was a lawsuit against him. That lawsuit was dropped in December, and we hadn't even heard anything. And the Kansas City Chiefs signed this dude. I don't know if he's going to end up making the team or not, but I think people forget how damn talented he was. He was known as the punt god at one point. He, he, first, he, was, a, he was a place kicker originally. His true freshman year, he served as, like, the backup, um, and then he became the team's place kicker um, at, for the uh, San, Diego, San Diego State uh, was where he went. And he became the place kicker initially uh, as a redshirt freshman, made, the, made a school record 22 field goals on 26 attempts, um, and then moved on to become the punter. Then he assumed the punting du- – so he can kick too, um, but he also assumed the punting duties, and that's when he really blew up. Um, he, uh, he said he basically in 2021, he was named the first string punter in addition to, in addition to his kicking duties, uh, became an all American punter, finished the season, um, averaging 50 over 51 yard per punt, uh, broke the NCAA record, uh, set by Texas A&M's Brandon Mann in 2018. And he earned himself the nickname punt God from the fans. Um, he said he actually does not like that, that nickname. But he won the Ray Guy Award as a top punter in the nation. and 51.4 yards per punt. Yeah, and became the second player in Aztecs history to be named unanimous All-American. Got drafted into the – so he can kick and he can punt. I don't know. I mean, so he's not going to kick because the Kansas City Chiefs have a really good kicker. Um, but I don't know their punting situation. This dude is a weapon. His, the only issue was his off-the-field – you know, baggage that he had with him. And I guess the Kansas City Chiefs feel like they got a good enough culture. Uh, they got a good enough brand where they could, you know, deal with the blow, potential blowback of this, uh, having this guy on your roster. But, he, guys, he's a weapon. I mean, this dude is the real deal. He could be one of the best punters in the NFL as soon as he ends up starting for a team. That is scary. I just throwing it out there with the Kansas City Chiefs having their best defense that they've had since Patrick Mahomes has been here. Now you're about to give them a weapon like this that can pin teams deep. Oh, man, that's, uh, that's scary. A, a weapon like that that can switch field position. So watch out for that. Kansas City Chiefs, the rich get richer. I'll just say that. By the way, did you uh, – this will spark a conversation on the text line, but uh, I'll find the sound. But Bob Costas? The great Bob Costas oh, was yeah. on the CBS uh, morning show, you know, with Gail. Mm-hmm. Gail, Oprah's friend Gail. Yeah. And uh, made the claim that the Kansas City Chiefs are now America's team. Oh, Jerry! Oh, is Jerry is Jerry cry somewhere when they said that? Uh, he he! I'll let you hear he it. He says the Chiefs are now America's team. America would disagree because I think of those top 100 most watched programs, the Cowboys had the most of uh, those uh, programs. I think they had 18 appearances on the top 100 most watched programs. Kansas City had 16. So 
Maybe not yet, but it's coming. Maybe with a fourth Super maybe Bowl a, trip in five yes. years and a third win. Maybe. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, no. No, all it takes is one marriage. All it takes is one proposal. Travis Kelsey to Taylor Swift, and they might overtake the Cowboys in that regard. That's all it takes. You know that. That's the, then the Swifty Nation will propel them well, I will to be America's out, team. And I point out that, uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 that Taylor Swift is, has taken her heiress tour to Australia. Uh-huh. And uh, traveling with her is one Travis Kelsey. And I saw a note where they're, they're renting a $16,000 a night condo. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that maybe they could be on their way to uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Just throwing it out there. That would make them America's team. Uh, all right. I wanted to get into this story, but I don't know if we have enough time to dive deep into it. Uh, so I may wait on this to uh, dive deeper into Roger around the day. Basically, my next rant, we'll talk about why. J.T. Sanders and Brock Bowers both need to be drafted higher than they're projected to be drafted. Cool. We'll get into that and and Rod's next rant of the day because I don't want to take up too much time. I know we got a special guest coming up, but uh, there you go. Kansas City Chiefs, like I said, the rich get richer. And this this draft, honestly, in in this offseason, I should say, when they rebuild the wide receiver position and potentially and also bringing in an upgrade at punter, Man, that's going to be scary. It is going to be scary. And we said it a lot coming in right after the Super Bowl. This was the year to get them. This was the year they were a six-loss team, had to go on the road uh, for two of their playoff games to play, you know, in Buffalo and in Baltimore. And um, no one did. They they, they obviously had flaws as a team this year. Um, Yeah, they did. I mean, but the defense was really good. We just didn't get the defense enough. They were rock solid. And I will say this about the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm honestly no joke. I almost want to see Chris Jones leave and see if they can still win it. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to see them because remember without Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes had like his best year ever. It really didn't even affect. By the way, shout out! It didn't affect Tyreek Hill either. He's a great player. He still went and had you know career numbers after he left Patrick Mahomes. So shout out to both of those guys. Uh, but then you know the wide receiving core becomes a disaster. They still win. I just want to, you know, after Tyreek Hill, they still win. I just want to see how many great players they can lose, and Patrick Mahomes just keeps on winning. I don't think they're letting Chris Jones go. They know how. No, they're not letting Jones go. Trenches matter. But I almost uh, want to see it happen just to see if they can keep winning because I do. I think they would. Oh, I think. They're doing. I want to see when Andy Reid retires. They keep winning. I want to see when. Uh, tra- when what is going to disrupt this dynasty? Something because even the Patriots dynasty got disrupted. Remember they went that long period without winning one. Yeah, they did. They went a long time without winning one. Then they had to recalibrate, reinvent themselves. Something. This is the way the NFL is built. The NFL is not structured for you just to have a dynastic run without it being interrupted somehow. You can reinvent yourself, but it three in a. That's why nobody's run three in a row. But nobody's won it because the NFL's not built that way. It's not, especially since free agency and uh, the salary cap, uh, salary cap was put into place. That for sure. way. There used to be dynasties before that in a strong way. but uh, And that's really when the Cowboys became America's team, right? When yeah. Rodgers stopped back and the Cowboys were playing the Steelers every oh, year. man. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're similar. The Chiefs have this you know, this incredible quarterback like Roger Staubach that runs all over the place and improvises and makes things happen. Spags is in there. I mean, they could lose Spags. Spags admitted that he wants to be a head coach. Yeah. He admitted that in the interviews after the – Super Bowl. He said, no, I want to be a head coach. I don't know why well, people assume I want to be a coach, even though he signed the deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. He wants to be a head coach. Somebody needs to give him another shot. He deserves be, it by it now. It won't be this year. It won't be this year, but don't you agree, Spags no, deserves sure. another shot? I would give him another shot. Come yeah. on, man. Well, and that's the thing. And that's where when, when the Cowboys became America's team, they had Tom Landry, they had Roger Staubach, they had this uh, great, you know, this yeah. you know, hero quarterback. Well, the Chiefs have Andy Reid, who's climbing the ladder of the great coaches. Yes, he is. You got the best defensive coordinator, got the best quarterback, yeah. and uh, this tight end who's, you know, all-time great. So, yeah, uh, that's the conversation. And, 
you know, they're going to be the heavy favorites again next year. I know the Niners are still, you know, favored to win the NFC, but uh, we'll talk more about it. We come back, we will talk to Eric Goodman. Uh, first visit of the new year with our man Eric Goodman, who covers the Austin FC for the Austin Chronicle. Get a quick preview of what Josh Wolf's squad looks like in year four. Also, some bullish or BS before the end of the hour. SEC pushing for calendar changes to the college football calendar. We'll get you details on that and see if we're bullish on it or not. It's hook 'em up with Ian Rodby. Finally, a little bit of an ease up on the westbound side of Highway 71, past Garfield toward Ross Road. Had a crash there that was really causing delays, but toward the crash, things are moving better. But behind it, it's still going to be a little bit slow. We'll probably have to deal with this for the rest of the rush hour, at least some delays. Now, I-35, again, not much happening except for a crash reported on the frontage of the interstate that's northbound at Howard Lane. That's just a, a minor wreck, though. We're going to go to the northwest side of the Cedar Park Leander area as we do have a crash reported. This is going to be uh, on Bell Boulevard, 183 at New Hope Drive. So uh, anticipate those delays on the uh, southbound side there. I'm Don Butter. That's your traffic. All right, folks, Viking Fence, the premier fence company in Austin, Texas. But uh, I'm going to tell you about the Wood Privacy Fence Division, that Iron Fence Division with the gates and the handrails, the automated gates, whatever it might be. But more, their temporary rental fence division is also the best. Uh, if you need temporary rental fence, you know, the permanent fence are going to last you decades. You won't need Viking again for another, unless you have another fence project because uh, it's going to last a darn long. But Viking Fence with the temporary rental fence. If you're an event planner, uh, a lot of events in Austin, Texas, especially we get into the spring and summertime, and you need perimeter security, you need temporary rental fence, you need that chain link fence or whatever it might be, barricade for your event, uh, let Viking Fence uh, handle that every single time. If you're a contractor, uh, build, do building projects in the, in, of, the, of the sort, and you do it quite often, maybe you have several going on at one time, and you need the, the perimeter security there, the lighting, the bathroom services as well, Viking can take care of all of that uh, and do it better than anybody uh, in this market. And that's you know, the same thing that they do with the permanent fences. They, they apply to the temporary rental fence. Uh, it's the quality, it's the workmanship, it's the reliability. Uh, you know, it's, it's the damage waiver rate that prevents those untimely chargebacks. They always may help hit, hit the budget. They're, they always do it, you know, keep it within the, the budgeted uh, plan because uh, that, that helps you fit your budget for your event and for your project every time. It's just the company you want to work with. And uh, over and over again, Viking Fence with Temporary Rental Fence. 837-6411. The phone number is 837-6411. Find them online at vikingfence.com. Great website there. Uh, when you think fence, and certainly Temporary Rental Fence in the ATX and beyond, Always think Viking. Austin is a great city, one of the fastest growing cities in the country. And as the city continues to grow and thrive, so does Ironworkers Local Union 482. Many of the iconic landmarks we love in the city were created and built by the skilled craftsmanship of Ironworkers Local Union 482. And right now they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas. And if you want to become one of these valued members of the Ironworkers Local Union 482 team, you can do it right now. They're offering competitive wages, competitive benefits, pension plans as well. Go to ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org to find out more information. Listen up, everybody. Is 2024 your year to move? Are you finally ready to upgrade to that dream home? Maybe it's that brand new fancy construction one that has everything. Well, trust me, without a proper plan, that dream can quickly turn into a nightmare. Uh, how often have you heard about construction delays, ever-changing move-in dates, the moving of the goalposts? Well, you won't deal with any of that with Orchard's Move First, Sell Later program. That's right. With Move First, Sell Later from Orchard, you can remain in your current home until your brand new home is already move-in ready. Then Orchard is going to roll in and handle every detail of selling your old home. That's right.
right, Orchard will orchestrate the listing prep, handle showings, even provide price-boosting upgrades without you lifting a finger. Oh, let me mention this too, unlike those lowball home buying businesses with Orchard, you'll never have to choose between a fast sale and getting top dollar for your old home. Orchard's Move First Sell Later program is really the hassle-free way to buy a new construction home before you sell your old home. Make 2024 the year you finally buy and build that brand new dream home. Visit Orchard.com to get your free home valuation. That's Orchard.com, O-R-C-H-A-R-D.com, Orchard.com. The smartest way to buy new construction is Orchard. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Several people on the uh, text line pointing out that the punter that the Chiefs have signed, Matt Ariza, uh, was, turns out was wrongfully accused, Rod, in that whole case, right? That thing that, that derailed his professional career. Uh, discovered that uh, he was nowhere near where the alleged assault took place. Yeah. The young lady took his name off of her complaint, and that's why he's now cleared to play in the National Football League. And there, you know, he was—he's completely exonerated in that situation. There's no he said, she said. It's a, you know he wasn't even there. So good. For I him. didn't say there was, by the way. No, I know, I know. I yeah. was just <laughs> clarifying. Yeah, that, I, was uh, like, I, I, I didn't say that. I said it was allegations, and that was the reason. So they throwing it out there. Just uh, <laughs> clarifying. Yeah, stuff the, like the that. You got to be really careful for so. sure. <laughs> Uh, this says, East stop with that. There's only one America's team. That's not a revolving title. Well, you never know. Um, but, yes, the Cowboys still very popular, but haven't seen – haven't sniffed a Super Bowl in nearly 30 years now. Mm. Chiefs have been in four of the last five and have won three of them. That is true. Yeah. People were saying that about the Patriots, though, when the Patriots were on their dynastic run. That that was America's team. Because well, Jerry is still uh, – he's not the best general manager, but he's the greatest marketer. And yeah. And he, he sells hope. If we're, going, <laughs> if we're going off ratings and we're going off eyeballs, the Cowboys are and have always been America's team. But if we're going off winning, that's a different discussion. Much different discussion. Yeah. And America likes winning. All right, uh, speaking of winning, Austin FC uh, had a great season two years ago, but last year kind of lackluster in year three in, uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, this is now year four as they get it going out on the pitch there at Q2 Stadium. We always like to uh, tap into the knowledge of our next guest on the Vaqueros sure. Hotline. We talk some, uh, some Austin FC soccer. He is Eric Goodman, covers the team for the Austin Chronicle, uh, doing great work over there. He's got a great preview over there. He's got a newsletter as well covering the, uh, the Austin professional sports squad right there. Eric, how are you, man? Happy New Year. Gentlemen, good morning. Happy New Year. If we're still saying that, yeah. And uh, New Year. <laughs> Happy New Soccer Year. Happy New Soccer Year. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, and that's one that I'm really looking forward to. So good to be on with you guys. Appreciate you doing it, Eric. And, uh, you know, for folks who kind of come to soccer, you know, as the season begins, they don't follow it year-round and roster moves and who's doing what. What uh, I know there's a new sporting manager there and, and – uh, uh, Rafael Burrell, and uh, there's a lot of changes. What is this uh, roster, and what is this makeup of this team that you like, and what is concerning? So it, it's very much a work in progress. You're right. Rodolfo Burrell, you know, he's got this long-term plan that he's trying to implement. A lot of it is behind the scenes. A lot of it's with the scouting network that they're trying to do. We got to speak with Rodolfo for the first time uh, all offseason yesterday, and he mentioned something interesting, which is like in MLS in particular – a lot of players, especially when you talk about players from international coming into the league, a lot of it is just agents going to clubs and saying, hey, we have this player that we think you should take a look at, might, you know, is interested in coming in. And, and then the MLS clubs just say, oh, sounds great. You know, let's, let's offer him a contract. Burrell wants to turn Austin into one of those clubs that they're going out into the market and identifying the players themselves that they want to bring in. Um, which, you know, that's obviously how the biggest clubs in the world do business. So, you know, it's, it's, he clearly has visions for where he wants Austin to be as far as 
something similar. It obviously won't be in terms of the money spent, anything close to what he's, you know, what his resume suggests being from Manchester City, from Barcelona, um, from Liverpool. But I just I think that's an interesting, you know, point about how he's trying to do business here. But it's slow going, and, and I don't expect this roster to be quite ready to compete for certainly not an MLS Cup. I do think there's enough uh, you know, there for them to compete for a playoff spot this year, um, especially they expanded the playoffs last year. So, you know, nine out of 14 teams are going to have a chance to play in the postseason. I do think Austin has a decent shot to, to be among those, those nine teams. Hey, Eric, what was the um, biggest offseason move or the most impactful offseason transaction um, for, for Austin F- FC? So I think the hope is that it was bringing in Diego Rubio, who's a striker who scored a lot of goals in, in MLS. He's going to turn 31 this season. Um, he, two years ago, he scored 16 goals with uh, with Colorado. And, you know, there's didn't didn't have as good a year last season, but there's hope. I mean, Josh Wolf. it's so ironic. Josh Wolf, Austin FC's manager, was a striker in his playing days. And he had, you know, I think four seasons he scored double-digit goals as a striker. And yet in his system as a coach, he's never had a, a, a number nine, an, a true striker score double-digit goals. So that would be the hope for Rubio. Obviously, Sebastian Driussi is, you know, a, a safe bet to score from the midfield. And that's a great... Uh, tool for any club to have when you're getting goals from you know a little bit farther back on the pitch but they they really are going to need somebody to step up in the number nine position and i think they hope it's going to be rubio he's the best eric goodman covering austin fc rodolfo burrell now the sporting manager and is is it fair to say going into this season 2024 that uh there's just some continuity now i mean last year going into the season it was it was a mess with the, uh, the departure of claudio reyna and kind of everybody you know assuming different roles including josh wolf and uh kind of led to a team kind of not having a general or a sporting manager all the way until the summer when burrell was hired fair to say they're in a better place in that capacity as they hit the pitch tomorrow night 100%. And not only that, you also had just a crazy amount of injuries. I mean, it's kind of the reverse of the fortune that they had two years ago when I think they were statistically the healthiest team in MLS. Last season, that was certainly not the case. They, they had to tinker. I think eight different players had to, had to slot in, had to start matches at center back, which is, you know, that's kind of unheard of. And I think Josh Wolf called it a nightmare or something that the club had to navigate. So you, you hopefully are going to have better injury luck. And yes, you're right. You've got a little bit more continuity. There's, it's, it's not a deep roster. I mean, that's not only is it not deep in quality, it's not even deep in quantity. I mean, they're going to enter the season with one of the fewest, uh, you know, just total numbers of players on their roster of any team in MLS. So it is a work in progress, but you do hope um, with some of the players that have now been here, you know, some going on four years, uh, you have some young players like Danny Pereira and Owen Wolf, who you know are safe bets to you know have a chance to really take a step forward this year. So you know there is there's plenty of reason for optimism, even as Rodolfo Borrell continues to try to tinker with this roster, sort out the salary cap issues that were left by Claudio Reyna, and get this club kind of where the, where everybody wants it to be. Eric, who can be the, who, who are the captains uh, for the squad this year? So Sebastian Drusi is going to wear the captain's armband. He's going to be, you know, the captain on the pitch. But, you know, he's 
the kind of player that that leads with his play more than leading vocally. When you talk about the vocal leaders, you know, since day one, Brad Stuver has been kind of that that voice that um, both inside the locker room and you know in the media and obviously with the fan base is very much kind of the the outspoken face of the club. So I, I don't expect that to change. And then Alex Ring. Um, who I got a chance to, to interview for, for our preview issue. He didn't speak to any media at all in 2023, kind of you know, very much kept a low profile and, and let some controversy kind of swirl around him, whether it was true or not. You know, he didn't do anything to dispel what some people might have been suspecting about, is he happy here? He was obviously Austin's first ever captain, and then they made the change to Drusi, so it was, you know, what about Alex Ring? How does he feel about this? But it does sound like he's very comfortable still here in Austin. And, and at least within the locker room, even if he's not going to be kind of that front-facing figure, in that locker room, he's still somebody that, you know, with his veteran, you know, he's seen, he's played in Europe, he's seen a lot here in MLS, and I think he's still one of the important voices in that locker room. Rodolfo Burrell is now the sporting director. Eric Goodman is our guest. And, guys, you mentioned uh, when we asked about the, the big picture, right, he's got a long-term plan for Austin FC. But it's year four now, and the passionate fans, the Verde fan base, uh, you know, it's that, that's, time, it's that time on the calendar where, man, it's about, you know, performance, right? I mean, the, uh, the, 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 the bloom is off the rose at some level. It's not just about having this cool team and this great new stadium. It's about performing. So Josh Wolf got the vote of confidence from Burrell coming in. But safe to say Josh Wolf has a, has a, a lot to show this year with his ability to get the most out of the soccer club. Yeah, it's interesting with Josh because this, you know, Rodolfo Burrell, I think, is the first to admit that this is a work in progress and you're not going to necessarily evaluate your coach on, you know, if, if they're not in, in contention for a top four slot. That's not necessarily going to reflect 100% on Josh Wolf. But Burrell did tell us that, that between him, between Anthony Precourt, you know, the leader of the ownership group, that they have kind of internally their own assessment for where this team should, re, you know, realistically finish. And, and it, it sounds like, you know, that's kind of the standard they're, they're going to hold Josh Wolf to. And I, I don't expect that that, you know, standard is all that high. I, I would expect it to be somewhere between like, you know, if you could finish in that ninth spot, I think that the club would be you know, comfortable with that based on where it is in this long-term plan. But if, if Austin FC struggles, finishes another year, like down in the 12th to 14th spot, I do think there's a chance that Josh Wolf might, uh, that, the, that a change might be made at the manager position before next season. Eric, do you think there will be a change in the style of play, the brand of uh, soccer that Austin FC is going to play this season? I really, I mean, I don't think so because since the day, since the day Josh Wolf got to Austin, you know, he's preached the the same system you know he's he wants his team to be on the ball his, he wants his team to progress from the back you know passing its way all the way through and and, and wind up with at its best some some really pretty you know well-worked team goals uh and and i don't expect that really to change that's it seems like the idea for austin fc is is just to surround to, to build this club with players that fit into that game plan so i think as long as josh wolf is here uh, that's kind of the, the style of soccer they're going to try to play. And I think the key this year is can they, even though they score, you know, enough goals to be competitive, can they prevent the goals that, you know, they were, they were third in MLS and conceding goals last season, and that killed them throughout down the stretch of the season. So that's really going to be the focus this year. 
Uh, Eric Goodman, last thing uh, for me, Eric, the, uh, the big picture for, all, for the MLS, obviously Lionel Messi and uh, Inter-Miami already had a win. They won on Thursday night, 2-0. Uh, uh, who are the top teams, you know, who are the favorites to, uh, to, to, to go get the MLS Cup? You know, it's, it, that's always a, a fun and, and kind of difficult question to answer with MLS because by design, this league keeps its, its teams so uh, tight and, and so evenly balanced. But, I mean, I, I do think Inter-Miami now with a full season of Lionel Messi, with a full season of now Luis Suarez, who's, you know, one of the top scorers in, in you know, the biggest leagues in Europe uh, since, you know, over his career. I do think they should be considered the MLS Cup favorite. Obviously, LAFC is always going to have, be fielding a competitive team. So in the West, they're still the team to beat until proven otherwise. And then, you know, other teams like Philadelphia that have just proven they kind of have, you know, a good, a good continuity in this league. Uh, and, and, you know, those would, be, those would be the teams that, you know, I think are, are the safest bet to, to be there kind of in that Final Four. But, again, this is by design a really unpredictable league. And that's why you have teams like Austin FC two years ago that surprised everyone. And that could certainly happen again this year. Eric, we appreciate it, my friend. Uh, follow Eric. Uh, he's got the great Twitter handle, at Goodman, at Goodman on X or Twitter. Uh, you can also read his work at the Austin Chronicle. He's covering Austin FC, doing great work. That's good stuff right there. Great overview. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it very much and uh, enjoy the match tomorrow night. And we'll talk again soon. Sounds great, gentlemen. Take it easy. Right, there you Thanks go. It. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, Q2 Stadium. Win or lose, man, that place will be rocking. Uh, the Verde will be uh, banging drums and dancing and making things happen tomorrow night out at uh, Q2 Stadium. As we said, Rod, it's, uh, uh, if, you're, if you're doing something this weekend, do it outside. The weather's going to be phenomenal. So baseball out at the Dell Diamond, baseball at UFC Dish Falk Field. Ty told us he's going to make his debut at the Yeti Yard this oh, weekend, it yeah. looks like. Ty, is that going to be tonight, or are you going on Saturday? What's your, are you doing a day game or a night game, or maybe more than I, one game I think the weekend? plan is to go tonight. Okay. BYOB, baby. BYOB, Yeti Yard. Uh, a lot of people have asked. We keep reminding you, it's open to the public. You do not have to have a ticket to be in the Yeti Yard. But there's a capacity of 140 people. You better get there early. Uh, so then, like, once it gets to 140, it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. uh, one in, one out. Right? Yeah. You go in and someone comes out. But, you know, like once the game starts, they're probably not coming out. It's like a club, man. <laughs> it's like a club. Um, yeah, those are the good club, good good spots. Mm-hmm. Well, one in, one out. Yeah, man. Unless you're – Two in, two out. Well, they, they usually make exceptions for hot chicks, so let's be honest. They say that, and then the group of hot chicks come in and oh, like, come all on. right, you know what, 145 ain't hurt nobody. All right, 148, we'll just keep it on the 150. We're good. There you go. Be interesting <laughs> to see this year with uh, – because, I mean, think of what, what Eric just said, though. I mean, this is you got a new sporting manager who came in in July yeah. who's got a big-picture vision for how he wants to build – really strip it and ground up, build it, uh, like, mm-hmm. like, like in his own vision. And that, obviously, is going to go in contrast to the fan base, who in year four is ready to see some wins. They want to see some wins. wins. Yeah. yeah, they want to see them winning right now. And, but Goodman just said, look, if they finish in the, the eighth seed in the West, that will be deemed as good because yeah. the, uh, the organization realizes where they are roster-wise, um, that, that this isn't a team that can compete or should compete for an MLS championship, which I know fans don't want to hear, but that's why you hire you – know, you go to Manchester City to bring in this sporting manager. You, know, you, it, you, you can put it in a parallel to other sports, right? It's, yeah. You know – you know, baseball, right? You got to build it. The yeah, Rangers it. built it over several years, and then Astros go win the World built Series. It like that, yeah, too. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, built the right way. Sark built it the right way. You know, it takes time. And that I like that. I like the vision. I like that they have a plan, uh, and it's a long-term plan that that it should be built. It's building for sustained success. Uh, it is the way you should do it in sports, Rod, and any organization. Uh, but yes, to, to do it after the third year mm. or in the middle of the third year, fan base get a lancy. Um, but you know. 
the fan, but guess what? Revenues are good. The place is sold out. <laughs> every ticket, every game. That's great the experience. suites are full. Yeah. And so there's still that that they have to lean on as an ownership group that they can, you know, if the, if the, if the seats were empty, Rod, it would be one thing, right? If no one was coming, you'd be like, oh, man, we're in trouble. I know. But you have the fan base that, that will probably be patient with it as it builds and try to understand where they're headed. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it'll be bullish or BS here on this Friday morning. Hook them up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Bullish or BS time here on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Ahead of the top of the 8 o'clock hour. In the next hour, we're going to hear from Johnny Manziel owning his behavior and the people he let down along the way. After winning a Heisman Trophy at Texas A&M, pretty, pretty candid and raw, uh, Johnny Manziel next hour. Uh, from that interview he did, that sit-down with uh, Shannon Sharp. Also, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. We'll be at the turn in our next hour as well. Uh, somebody, one of the Austin FC fans, texted in and said, guys, I hope this guy has a plan because last year sucked. <laughs> that They haven't made any changes at all. I don't see it. Mm. And, um, you know, I tell you all the time, Rod, to get your yard in shape right, you gotta, you got to dig deep and you got to start from the ground up and you yeah, won't you see do. the results immediately. Uh, that's kind of what Rafael Bard- uh, Rodolfo Burrell is selling is like it, you know, you're not going to see it at the top end. We're building the bottom end. We're building yeah. our scouting and development. He comes with them with a worldwide background. He's going to change the way they acquire and build rosters, Rod. And that doesn't just happen overnight. He's not, it doesn't. It, it's man. one thing because fans want to see the appearance of bringing in people. He's trying to you know, build the, the, the soil to use the yard parallel uh, to get it ready to grow. And yeah. ready to be sustainably, uh, uh, you know, a good product. Yeah, he wants it to be sustainable over time, success, su- sustained success over time. And you may not see but, that for a little bit. Oof. That's where you know you're. We're an, I'm an Astro fan. Ty's a Ranger fan. Hard you to know, endure. You gotta you gotta go through some sometimes oh. some down years to get to the good years. It, it's hard to endure, man. I trust me as an Astros fan. I remember that that rebuild and hell for the the Texans. I thought it would take longer. I was ready. I mean, it, it was disastrous for like two two years of the Texans. But you know, looks like now. They hit on C.J. Stroud. They hit on Will Anderson. Got their foundational players. Here made we go. the playoffs. Hit on the head coach. Yeah, made they, the playoffs. One division in the first year. Yes, yeah, so that's a good okay. example because you know when Nick Casario came in, you oh, had, he, it was he, ugly. They just had to because again they had no talent. They, they were over it. the cap and they had no draft picks. They had to gut it. Just oh. had to. And I essentially was Rodolfo Barrell is saying he came in and, and if you go back to when his introductory press conference last July, he said y'all this roster isn't very good. <laughs> he essentially saying what yep. Claudio Reyna built was was trash yeah <laughs> like he we really got did. work to do y'all yeah he came in and kept it real when keeping it real goes wrong people did not want to hear that well and and of course they were in the, the final four of the year before right yep. they were in the western conference finals and so uh but he said that was kind of built on some good fortune and uh this team you know it's just not built right so that's where austin fc is all right uh speaking of built right the sec is built right rod and bullish or bs greg sankey uh, and the SEC, one day after, a couple days after the 12-team playoff announced, and you know, talks have been growing it from there beyond 2026. And now the SEC, and I would imagine the Big Ten will follow suit in their alliance, pushing for major changes to the early signing period in college football, uh, essentially making the entire month of December a dead recruiting period is what they're going to push for. So the entire month of December becomes dead. Uh, and if you want to have an early signing window, it needs to happen closer to the start of the month. So essentially that, that Wednesday that opens up a 72-hour mm-hmm. signing window, oh, yeah. instead of happening right before Christmas, okay. right in the middle of the 12-team playoff essentially, yeah. Rod, would happen the, like the Wednesday before the championship Saturday. Uh, would happen right. before the end of the regular season. Okay. So if, if kids want to go ahead and, and lock it in, like you know, just do it three weeks earlier essentially. Mm. And then the recruiting in the month of December is dead. 
until the playoffs over. Then it would open back up, apparently, I got you. or maybe into January as we whittle the teams down to you know you know four and down to two that you could open up the recruiting period. But let's see. I mean, there's no easy way to do this calendar, by the way. It's built right now as far as the portal and recruiting and everything. But as uh, as Greg Sankey says, putting signing day in the middle of December with playoff games no longer works. Move it to early December, the Wednesday before championship games. Okay. Bullish or BS? Uh, I'm bullish on it. Yeah. Like, you're not going to. You're not going to please everybody with these, with the way you build this calendar because there's just too much going on now with the calendar with the transfer portal windows and recruiting windows and signing days, and now you're expanding the playoffs. <clears throat> there's just too much happening. So you just try your best to, you know, satisfy as many as you can, right? Try to satisfy as many groups and people as you can, um, and I think that's kind of going to be the goal. Um, it's kind of it, it, what it reminds me of is. When the uh, when the UIL tries to reconfigure the districts and everything, yeah, and align when they do realignment with the districts, they have some there are some schools that just get totally shafted because they they can't play. You know what I mean? They they can't make it where it's going to be something that placates all of the different groups and all of the the, the different schools because there's just so many schools in Texas that you know inevitably there's going to be a group that are. Uh, a, a group of schools, individual schools, that just get the the worst end of it. And that's what's going to happen here. Yeah, the, and the, the more difficult one is going to be because, you, you know, the recruiting part, I think the, I think we've all talked about what you – because remember, the early signing window was created and then they thought it would be – Mac Brown was a big advocate for the early signing window back when he was at Texas uh, to give players who – Wanted to end the recruiting process. So not didn't want to go all the way to yeah. February. They just wanted yeah. to shut it down. Yep. You also had it to have it for, for JUCO players and transfers, but to get to get on campus and yeah. get to school in the spring. But, man, now with so many early enrollees, if you're going to have it, it's become 80%, 90% of the recruiting class. I don't have a problem with it being right before championship Saturday. That's the, before mm-hmm. the end of the regular season. Well, the one thing that stands out to that date, Rod, is that there's going to be a lot of kids signing national letters of intent, and then a couple days later the coach they signed with is going to get fired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the season's true. over. Yeah, uh, right. But typically teams that are playing on Championship Saturday aren't getting fired. Those coaches will have been fired the Monday uh, after Hopefully the, already. Or yeah. they're during the season or right after the end of the regular season. Do your research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If your coach is on the hot seat or not, man, that's something you need to know. Um, how about this bullish or BS? Uh, fan Duos released their opening betting line for Texas OU. They got Texas as a 10-point favorite. Rivalry game, take the points. Over Oklahoma, yeah, you <laughs> bullish or BS? So you're you're BS on this. It's a rivalry game. You it's give me double game. digits. Anything it's, like, it's like ties aversion to double digits in the, in the NFL game. It's, I mean, it's just a Texas can be a lot better than Oklahoma next year, but it is a rivalry game on a neutral site. It is. You're gonna give me ten points. I'll take it. New OC, new DCs for Oklahoma. New quarterback for Oklahoma. No returning man. offensive lineman. Uh, man, that's that's tough. I don't know about ten points though. I'm with you on that. That's a big number. Big number in the rivalry game. We shall see. We shall see. Of course, yeah. Texas skunked them two years ago. Last year, Oklahoma got the comeback in that yeah. great game on the final couple plays of the game. And, uh, yeah, 10. We'll take your thoughts on that. Also, uh, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We also have at the turn coming up. And we will hear from this Johnny Manziel sound talking about uh, who uh, he wants to apologize to, Rod. Uh-oh. Apologies all around for Johnny football. Is he, the t- is he going through the steps? Sounds like it. Now? Sounds like it. He sounds like he's found some uh, some redemption there. There you go. Or at least looking for it. We'll be back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby on a Friday. <laughs> 